in a film. I didn't see the last one with uh, Amelia Clark in. I never it saw wasn't that. Genesis. It wasn't that bad actually. It was it it was okay. <laughs> the problem is, is why is why is this Terminator getting older and fatter in every film? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, again, it's supposed to be a fucking cyborg. They explained yeah. that. He, he, oh, did he? Yeah, you they, need to suspend disbelief. They, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was hours. like the biological aspects. You know, they they haven't been maintained in so put, long. Put on a bit yeah. of timber. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome. It's Amish Inquisition time on Sunday, the 26th of May. Oh, nearly halfway there. So halfway what? There. End of the year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Start of next year. One more lap around the... Uh, that the, fire of the, hell, the ball of hell in the sky. Sol. Sol. Sol, Sol Invictus. Our, uh, our local. What does Sol Invictus mean? Sun. The sun is invincible. There Invictus is invincible, isn't it? Where have I got that term from? It means Sol Invictus. The sun is a deadly laser. I think that was, um, I think that might have been a cult, oh. a Roman cult that um, the Emperor Elagabalus was a major proponent of. I think Sol Invictus. It is. Yep. It's a Roman cult, that. Roman cult. Fact check me, eavesdroppers. I'm fact checking you right now. It's Go a ahead. band. <laughs> <laughs> From Wakeford. <laughs> Wakefield? Nope, Wakeford. Oh, right. Oh, fair enough. Oh, no. No. English neo-folk group fronted by Tony <laughs> Tony Wakeford. <laughs> they might be from Wakefield. Why is it doing this? Fuck me. Are we, uh, online chemistry cheaters here this week. How are you, Steve? Hello, I am very well, thank you. Keep thank him you well. Having me back, I'm very well. Yeah. When was the last Busy. time you came? Was it the um, Secret Santa? I think it might have been. It might have been Christmas. I don't think it was before Christmas. Then. So yeah, first time this year, I think. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Another fact check for you. When was the last time I was here? I think it was because we went out, didn't we? Afterwards, we did. There was a post. Never. A post cast. Well, I don't remember. Drinkage. We went to that um, <laughs> excellent vinyl tap in Preston. Yeah. Right, take good. your word for it. Yeah, wow. I was, I was definitely there. I think that was there because I, I remember it. it. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> Let me just rearrange. Let me just there. Uh, no, Matt again this week. Taking liberties. I hope he knows he's on statutory <laughs> paternity leave. Can't give him his ninety uh, percent of his um, Amish Inquisition salary for three weeks. Uh, yeah, the salary—it's not the most—it's um... not the most generous salary, is it? No, no. But we give him everything we have. A, th- a third of everything we we receive uh, goes direct into to Matt's pockets. Uh, I think it's fair. Uh, corrections, addendums, corrigendums from last week. I've only one, a short one. Uh, Chernobyl casualties. I think I said it was single figures or. So, or somewhere yeah, of the like. Yeah. Um, two died immediately. Twenty nine within three months. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a massive dispute about the long term yeah. deaths. Yep. Yeah. How because can you it's prove so, cancer was a direct. Uh, I think they reckon the cancer rates went up something like five percent with the adult population and ninety percent with child populations. Right, yeah. But it's 
Um, I think the um, by 2005, the Ukrainian government um, were giving survivor benefits to 19,000 families. Right. And then by 2019, it was 35,000 families. Blimey. So maybe they have proved to some extent that it was related. Mm. Did you hear about the um, the older generation in uh, Fukushima province have offered to go in and clean up the the remains of the, the radiation? Because well, they're, they're they're thinking behind it is they're about to die anyway, and cancer takes twenty thirty years oh, to develop, and they, they won't have that that time left. But gosh, big old pension of balls there. Where is it up to Fukushima? We don't hear about it anymore. It's um. I think it's a mess still. It was huge. I remember seeing shockwaves from explosions on the news. The last I heard, they were trying to build some sort of like ice dam, like an ice wall ice. to enclose it, close it in. But this is years ago. Have yeah. they just fucking just left it? I don't think so. I think they. I remember sending robots in recently to have a have a look around, mm. and all the all the film from it is all grainy because it's been hit by alpha mm. beta particles on the. I don't know. It must be on the sensor, on the on the digital sensor. Like if you take an old, if you took an old school wet photograph of of a radioactive zone, you'd have all kinds of splodges and shit on it. Where artifacts, artifacts, mm-hmm. yeah, where um, alpha and beta particles have, have hit the the photographic film. How does it work? That developing film. How's the photograph work? An old school photograph. It. It's if only you had a chemist here to tell you. Kind of, oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't studied this for a long time, but they they use compounds of silver. There are certain silver compounds that are um, photosensitive. Silver nitrate. Uh, it's um, I think I think the compounds are ba- I know I know that um, silver chloride. Which is a white precipitate will will darken if you expose it to light, but it takes a long time. Mm. And I think the very earliest photographic film was based on compounds like that, which is why they had to stay in place for absolutely ages because it took several minutes for the ex- film to be exposed. That's right. You all have to stand still, yeah. and then there's a guy with a <laughs> that's it magnesium that used pop. to use on top of a bird table. Mm. <coughs> yeah, Just flash that off. So it would take a long time, and that's why your negative was the opposite way around, because you had white film that, when exposed, darkened, and then they would invert the colours to give you your your uh, black and white, your black and white photograph, or your old sepia ones as well, which would have been probably more in line with your silver shades of brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but then they they moved on to other compounds that gave you much quicker results, and then obviously colour came in. Do you think the guy who invented the camera? Came up with the theory first and then built the prototype. It doesn't sound like something you can do by accident, does it? I feel like I should know who that guy was who invented the camera, but I don't. Um, I bet there isn't just one inventor. I bet I bet there were two or few. three different people around the world all working on similar things, on similar ideas at the same time, I bet. That's weird. It would happen syn- synchronistically. That's happened with He's, Edison and, and yeah. the other chap who no one remembers. Tesla. 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 Yeah. Oh, everyone does remember him. <laughs> Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. It's it's not unusual for different people to be working on things at the same time. It's a case of whoever publishes first gets the, the recognition. Is that because they're they're seeing other people's research through scientific yeah. journals and yeah. then the uh, the printing press? Mm-hmm. It was the internet of its time, the Gutenberg printing press. Yeah, allowed the uh, 
the uh, dissemination of ideas. I think it's just the same nowadays with, with teams in universities. I think it's great that, that the knowledge is shared and they share mm. all their mm. findings with other teams. Mm. And then, like you say, whoever gets there first gets the... Yeah. Gets well, the what was the mode of printing before the printing press? Was it lithograph? Monks, wasn't it? <laughs> Stripes? Well, oh, yeah, with the fancy... No, <laughs> there was something else because it played an important part in the Reformation, I think. Right. That that original German priest, a bishop, whoever it was, it was... Who kicked all kicked it all off? Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he took advantage of some form of printing technology. I think, it was the, I think that might have been the printing press. Really? I think I think it it may have I been. I think it was that early the printing press. Yeah, it's pretty it early. To, was it was the 16th century, I think. Right. Oh, well, that fits in. Put them in a rack, didn't yeah. they? And, and <coughs> them all in reverse, and then yeah. ink them with something, some kind of. It's like a giant typewriter. And then push your paper. Yeah, on. put yeah. the paper in. They pull the. It was like, like like an olive press, but for hmm. pressing pages. Onto. Use it for making t-shirts at festivals sometimes. <laughs> right, like screen screen yeah. printing. You pull down this like trellis frame thing over a, a white t-shirt. It. It's got like a mesh on it of some shit, and then the design, and then they they just pour ink on it and push it into the t-shirt, lift it up, and it's there mm. you go. You got your extortionately priced festival t-shirt. <laughs> I don't think it's as big as, uh, of a game changer as the internet. Well, the printing press? No. Oh, there's a conversation. At the time, it yeah, was a game changer. Yeah, think about where you're coming from and where you're going to. I, I, all things are relative, I guess. The internet has definitely pushed us I'm on. thinking in I a think. hundred years, you'll see this period as game changing. The dumb age. At least in the same respect as we consider the printing press was. Yeah, we don't. We have no idea what the consequences are going to be yet. No, because we're right at the cusp of it. We remember when there was no internet. Yeah, I didn't really take. Oh, I took it for granted rather the um, change from dial-up to broadband because I think because it was so happened overnight. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't like you switched turned the switch on back in the day and you went from a fifty-six point six kilobyte modem to having you know a gigabit connection. Mm. It was slow. We started with like five twelve k, I think, mm. was the the first one that we had, and I think mm. you get two hundred and fifty six k. So you're only talking five or ten times the speed. And all right, granted, that's that's fair <laughs> yeah. enough when you're downloading like segments of images at a time and a dial up dial up. <laughs> Catherine Janeway, comic book guy. But yeah, it's it's kind of slowly increased. In in the I I don't think we've noticed it. I certainly haven't noticed it that much. It's not been a, a game changer now. However, you're right. Looking back, I think people might say, "Well, we had these shitty modems, and, and mm. then we well, we didn't have modems PSVR. at all. We didn't have no. modems at all. And to go from that to being instant over a period of twenty years, from going from yeah. the first modem to going mm. to being able to stream." HD movies yeah. and communicate with someone on the other side of the world in video. Using a device in your pocket. Yeah. A, a device you wear on your hand. 
Wearables, Google Glass. I mean, it's just going to spawn all sorts. At the time, no one, no one could foresee this coming. No, that's as what I mean. And no I, futurologists. I don't think it's finished. I think there's more to come that we don't realise. Well, I, th- I think oh, we're definitely. In that, we're constantly in that stage. We're, in, we're at the stage where we don't know what's coming, and mm. I think we're still there. We don't know what the next twenty years is going to be, and in twenty years, we won't mm. know what the tw- next twenty years is going to be. Oh, but if it's as wacky and varied as the last twenty years, it's going to be. Well, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. Who saw Gangnam Style coming? Not me. No, 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 not, me. not me. <laughs> Wish I'd seen that. Come oh, me. the floss. The floss, yeah. Dabbing. Dabbing. Yeah. Baby shark. Baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 Yeah. Well, on computers, they have that thing called Moore's Law. Oh, I talked about this the other week. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, right. That's probably what I was thinking about it. Yeah. I can't remember what it is exactly. Well, that computer processing power is increasing exponentially, basically, isn't it? Uh, isn't it the, like this? Size of the every chip so many years. It's the number of power. some things on the chip. Wafers. <laughs> no. The number of yeah. uh, micro gigaflops. Something in a microprocessor. I should know it. Something tangible. Yeah, it's tangible. It keeps shrinking. But it's been, it's, uh, I don't know if it's been kind of disproven, maybe. There's variations of Moore's Law as well, because one incorporates cost, that the cost of the size can half as well. Mm. Uh, And it's two years, it's not one year. I think there's been a skip. I I mean, have you seen, we we spoke about this briefly a few weeks ago, but have you seen the size of IBM's quantum computer? It's like in a small room. It's probably in about a room this big. Like yeah. old school computers used to be that size. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe we're the reason why Moore's law is perhaps not as relevant now because it's getting more and more difficult to shrink things or whatever. Uh, it needs some pin particles. I think <laughs> the uh, nanites. Maybe we've skipped to another stream, a parallel stream that started towards the end of computing's life, standard computing. And now we're starting with quantum computing, mm. and that'll have its own pathway of Moore's law, and it'll get smaller, and eventually we'll have yep. phones that disappear uh, into into nothingness, into the ether, <laughs> cease to exist at six pm. <laughs> so you can have your tea. That'd be nice. It would, wouldn't it? <coughs> yeah, I would. Uh, <coughs> it would be nice to be rid of smartphones after six pm, mm. in a lot of circumstances. Mm. The problem with they so addictive, you see. Yeah, I think um, in terms of smartphones and size and drinking and Moore's law and stuff, th- I remember smartphones being tiny anyway, and I quite liked having a smartphone that would fit in my the change pocket of my jeans, the old Nokia eighty two ten or whatever, without ruining the line. Exactly, <laughs> destroys your silhouette. Um, and uh, but battery power now, obviously, that's not. Um, progressing as as well as perhaps people had hoped mm. or thought. That technology's come a long way, though. They, they use the lithium. Li- lithium ion battery. But they use yeah, I mean, the yeah we're not plugging it into a lemon still. Mm. <laughs> 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 but they're, they're, not, they're not getting smaller and holding the chart. I, w- I would expect yeah. to have a... I suppose we're asking more of our phones as well. That's, that's, yeah. that's always going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, th- th- those things will be solved in time, I'm sure. Yeah, stupid technology. Uh, the, the lithium ion battery itself is an amazing innovation. The problem is, is Leon, Leon. <laughs> lithium's quite a scarce material. Uh, as elements go, yeah, it's it's uh, beginning the Congo. Slightly. Well, we say say it's like scarce. A Mongo. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it, yeah, it, it is. It's um, call the, the elements get more scarce as you go through the periodic table. They call them conflict minerals mm. because uh, Afghanistan is rich in minerals. Yeah. Uh, did they say a trillion dollars worth of minerals maybe in Afghanistan some ungodly number obviously nothing to do with us going to war <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the conflict Africa follows the discovery of yeah I think Afghanistan has always been uh, rich in minerals they've known that since the Bronze Age right and have they always been fighting lapis lazuli as well. oh yes like all, all the lapis lazuli came from Afghanistan what's that used for just jewellery yeah uh, they make things out of it like they would make ashtrays or whatever out of it. <laughs> so did I talk about this when I was here one time before what about it being I can't remember uh, the reason that blue was synonymous with wealth because of lapis, lapis lazuli, lazuli to make the dye yeah, if you had blue clothes you had access to lapis lazuli it was your way of telling people you were wealthy it's like regal isn't it like deep blue or purple royal blue Royal blue, yeah. yeah. It's always, but yeah, like you say, it's always, it's historically always been the case across different cultures. I think making the first blue um, synthetic pigment was a, a big uh, breakthrough in chemistry. Mm. Oh, and it was it done. Called? It was done by accident. Prussian blue. Prussian blue, yeah. Uh, have you been to the um, the car museum at Back Barrow? I, I can't say I have. It's uh, I they've go. got they've got a, a bluebird exhibit. Donald Campbell's boat thing mm. they have a, a wall of vincent motorcycles but apart from those two excellent things uh they've got a little um diorama sort of set up about blue and prussian blue and when they mm. first first discovered how to yeah. make it and stuff i've not actually read the text that's around it but it, it was an it was <laughs> an accident uh the secret ingredient was blood <laughs> wow. the hemoglobin from from blood formed a complex with the compound that he was working on i think it was like iron two sulfate or something like that and it formed um, a complex of two two forms of iron with different oxidation states, which gave it the impressive colour. Wow, mm. shit. Imagine what else we just need to add blood to to make yeah. something amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a complete accident. Wow, it sounds cool. like alchemy. Uh, yeah, well, that's where it all began in chemistry, of course. Yeah. Our word chemistry comes from al- alchemy. Alchem- yeah. alchemy. Alchemical. 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 Mm. It's Latin, no? Root? Uh, Arabic, I think. Alchemical. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, alchemical. It is. It is, yeah. Yeah, the, the search for gold, making gold from base metals. And now, the that's the myth. Philosopher's stone and all the that. Philosopher's stone yeah. is what they're searching for. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about turning inert stuff into gold. No, it's just un- unpicking the... It's uh, symbology. Symbology. Well, it's deep in symbology, like mm. masonry is. Yeah. Well, that's how they kept their finding secret from people. They use lots of secret symbols for elements of things. I've got a book there that I read a couple of months ago yeah. called uh, Le Mystery de Cathedrale. Oh, yeah. By uh, Fulcanelli. Did they say, is it in French? Uh, no, it's a translation. <laughs> oh, that's all right. And the book is going through short cathedral and decoding and showing all the alchemical symbology yeah. and all the stonework. Mm. It's fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yes. Mm. A lot of things that I read tend to have links to alchemy. It's mm. weird. Hamlet's Mill has some links to sort of ancient alchemical stuff. Yeah. Um, the Temple of Man by René Schwalde-Lubitsch, which is like a breakdown of um, which um, place in Egypt is it? It's not the Pyramid. Luxor. Temple at Luxor. Breaking down how it's it's got 
it's like um, a way to decode human proportions and the um, mm. what's it the sacred ratio geometry sacred geometry mm. sacred uh, golden, golden ratio, golden ratio. Yeah. or the golden mean mm. again also important to Freemasonry links to Freemasonry and other things I've been reading about weird how things link together sometimes mm. in your head there must be something in it in uh, in the golden ratio and things like that if people have been Fibonacci so sequences in it, yeah Fibonacci as well. sequences if people have been so invested in it for you know generations thousands mm. of years and it's still got a, a thread even today in, in um, you know the golden spiral and in composing photographs it's used mm. uh, designing buildings every generation every generation seems to have had enough interest in it to keep the the sort of mythology going yeah exactly to sustain it interesting there's something you can prove as well it's not like a religion that probably has the similar sort of following through thousands of years mm. that's based on blind faith you can prove that certain mathematical um, tenets are are true mm. yep can you? I because uh, that book on the table, or oh, I've taken it down the trial and death of Socrates. Towards the end, um, Socrates. Socrates sort of um, dismantles theory of number mm. in a few sentences, and it's fascinating. Mm. He argues it's like uh, trying to argue that one and one doesn't make two. It's weird, <laughs> but it's <laughs> interesting to to read. This guy who lived two and a half thousand years ago mm. and can still, you can read some of his, his well, he's not written because he didn't write anything down, but some of that he apparently said and it can still blow your mind two and a half thousand years later. Amazing. People like Socrates in, in history are, are, you know, shining lights, the peaks of human mm. intellect and, yeah. and philosophy. They call him the, oh, sorry, go on. Has there been, where, where between Soc Socrates <laughs> and, uh, and us today? Harry Stottle. Our three, us three in this room, philosophies that we are. Yeah. Where do, A, where do we, uh, where do we end up on that graph? And B, have there been any, where are these other high peaks since mm. Socrates? Who, who are the other notable thinkers over time? Since, yeah. I guess it depends on your point of view and your your beliefs because you know <sighs> politics comes into yeah it, some people would yeah. say uh, nelson mandela yeah or someone might say um chevy chase <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> or you know steve back sure yeah <laughs> it, is a, it is an interesting question <laughs> steve strongback Inspires people. Absolutely. Hey, we're back. We're back. Oh, we're, we, don't about where we, we don't know where, where we, we went. <laughs> That's horrible. <coughs> so we don't know where we left off either. No. We talked a lot about scientists. Uh, oh, who is going to be your in uh, your top 10 brains for uh, most influential people from mm. Socrates to today? Yeah, so... Uh, we, we had about 23, had. didn't we? So we did. Far, so there well. were a few. Uh, we got... George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Mary Curie, Machiavelli, Feynman, Newton, Einstein, Henry Ford, Hendrix, Steve Jobs, Freud, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard. Uh, can't see what the last one is. Can't read that at all. Machiavelli. Gandhi. 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 Oh. Not Machiavelli. Oh, do you know, I've been wanting to upgrade this all for all weekend since I heard about this road product. Oh, yeah. The roadcaster. 
It's so expensive, Phil. Uh, so what? It would. It looks great. It looks perfect. If any eavesdroppers want to uh, eavesdrop some money <laughs> <laughs> into our uh, palms, how much is it? About six hundred pounds. Five sixty, I think. What will what will our uh, we we promise to improve the quality of our, our topics <laughs> <laughs> if we can get a roadcaster pro. <laughs> Bill, you've uh, you've been floating this morning, haven't you? Is it this morning, yesterday? Uh, yesterday morning, yes. So floating. Explain what floating is. Floating. So let me let me talk you through some of the. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what floating is. Floating mm. is a method of attaining the deepest rest that humankind has ever experienced. So death, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so if you go too deep <laughs> into the, the liquid. Benefits of floating include stress release, stress relief. Th- these are benefits of floating. Muscle pain. Back pain. <laughs> arthritis. <laughs> rheumatism. Oh. They've missed a word out. They forgot, <laughs> they forgot <laughs> to <laughs> preface it with relief of. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, benefits include yet jet lag. So it's supposed to be really good. <laughs> Promotes general well-being. Well, yeah, our local float centre is at the uh, the Mandala. Yeah. I'm going to say Mandala. It is Mandala. The Mandala float centre in... Uh, in Barton, is it still? Broughton. Broughton. Broughton in Preston. Mm. Uh, com. They accept card or PayPal. Or hard cash, I imagine. Uh, no, you book online and pay up front. Right. You oh. just select your appointment time and day and pay for it online. You just walk in then and when you turn up. I'll have to give that a try. I think it'd be nice. Yeah, I'll go. 10 inch deep water for an hour. Yeah, so of salts. the pod is about the size of this room, nearly. Really? But about four foot tall. If you imagine it came, was, went up this high, yeah. and that's about the size of the pod you're in. Oof. You can stretch out and starfish pretty, pretty much Yeah. in it. You look like one of them people on Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> the floaty people who can predict the future. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and you can have LED lights on or off. I shut the lid and turn the lights off to deprivate your vision. And it's weird. Uh, I got that weird sideways moving thing. You just feel yourself, your brain's trying to decode what's happening and you just feel yourself like someone's just pulling you to the right. Like that. It just lasts a second. You feel like you just zip to one side. It's weird. Go with it. Go with that. So no, it's like, it. no, I think it's your brain just making sense of what's happening. Mm. It's an unconscious mm. process, sort of thing. Did you fall asleep or do you not? No, I had, I had my eyes open, I think, <laughs> because you don't really, can't really tell. <laughs> Once you've been in there 45 minutes, you're like, yeah. have my eyes open? <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Mounting myself. <laughs> Would you say it's relaxing though? Do you oh, feel yeah. like does you, does your mind just wander about all kinds of stuff? I like, try and concentrate on my breathing, right? Almost like meditating mm. and try and clear my thoughts. It's very difficult. Mm. I don't practice enough, but uh, yeah, it's definitely relaxing. It's good for your skin, apparently. The Epsom salts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my back was fine when I got out. I have on and off lumbar, lower back pain. 
And, you know, I can't say that. And I wasn't really paying attention. So I don't know if that if it made a difference on that. No. But, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. You feel really refreshed when you come out. You feel like you've had half a day, three hours sleep. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Do it. I'd recommend it. I am going to go. It's run by Paul and his wife, Tina, I think. Okay. And they, uh, they, they're like the hosts, if you like. They're very nice. Thinking about maybe asking Paul on sounds, to come and talk about that's it. That's a good idea. If he would do it, it's for half an hour one Sunday. Yeah. Because so, uh, you sounded a bit skeptical at first about floating. Me. As we were reading the flyer. Only because I, I. I don't believe in such things. <laughs> I, like our guest today, am a scientist, <laughs> as, you, as you well know. So, no, I don't know. It's uh, it's less uh, are you a, new agey than I thought it'd be. Are you like one of these reductionist scientists? No. It's all about reducing everything smaller and smaller, and that's how you account for. No, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I think I what I like about science is, or I'm more interested in stuff that I don't know about. I can't explain mm. that people are still trying to figure out. That's well. I'm not interested in fucking Krebs cycle shit like that. Because mm. <laughs> we, we, we know done. everything. We yeah. know it. Yeah, fine. But uh, yeah, I don't know about anything. Quantumy is is weird. Anything strange, spooky entanglement, which is a, an actual mm. scientific term. <laughs> Is it? It was Feynman, wasn't it? Who said, "If you think you understand quantum physics, you don't really understand quantum physics." It could have been. Sounds there was, like there was a quote along those lines. I think yeah, it was Richard Feynman. He's on our list. Yeah, it's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? Once we get that small, what's really going on? Mm. Mm. Weird things start happening. <laughs> yeah. Superposition, is it they call it, where something can be in two places at once, or it can be in two places and have an effect on its oh, yeah it's weird weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, it can have an effect on a, a neighbouring particle, even if you move that particle. I think they've found it. They can move it like a metre away or something, and it'll. there's still a connection, sort of, but you only see it when it's observed, I think. <laughs> the observer no... effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's very... Uh, Another bit of weirdness. There's something to do with spins, different I, spin states. Heisenberg uncertainty principle, that's related to that. There you go. It's you can, well, the, the very, you see, uh, my my background isn't really physics, so my, any physics eavesdroppers might fa fact check me on this, but mm. I think I'm the sure basic idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know, the basic idea is that you can measure a particle's position or you can measure its velocity, and the more accurately you measure one, the less sure you are of the other. Wow. Because the move, if it's, it applies to things like electrons around an atom. These particles are tiny; they're moving in a tiny area at speeds close to the speed of light. So you can measure one or the other. You can't measure measure both. I suppose you could you could scale that up to a car. If a car, if you know a car is travelling a hundred miles an hour, you can be less certain about where it is on the road at any given point in time. I, I, 
it depends if you if you know it where it's going. Easier to wear that out. Yeah, if you know where it's got where it's Snaps. starting from, where it's going from, and what speed it's traveling at, I think uh, you can do that. But so once if you it, have a car, it's a, it's a, it's a feature of quantum mechanics. It's yeah. it's because it, you yeah you, you you apparently you can't do it. It's one of the reasons why transporters in Star Trek can't work, mm-hmm. because the idea of a transporter is that it it converts matter into energy and then puts it all back together but you have to put every particle back together in exactly the same position as it was before so obviously anybody with a science background will say you can't have a transporter because of the heisenberg uncertainty principle the script writers got around it by introducing a, a component of the transporter called a heisenberg compensator <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah, there's a lot of science They've in done science that a fiction. few times in Star there's Trek. There's lots of science in Star Trek, yeah. Mm. And uh yeah, that was one of them. And of course it um it, it, a lot of devices in the original series came to pass in one form or another. So like tablets and CD-ROMs and those sorts of things. I was going to say v- I think v- maybe video communication. Seeing John Luke Picard with like the push button tablet. Mm. That you know, years before the iPad. Yeah, yeah, twenty five, thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah, they sort of called that, didn't they? And they, they also they tapped into um, ideas related to to modern modern day, you know, twentieth century problems as well. One of my favourites was um, there was a, a catastrophic computer failure on the Enterprise, and they spent forty minutes trying to solve it before they all blew up. And the, to cut a long story short, on they came to the conclusion that they had to turn the Enterprise off and turn it back on again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. Reboot. That's <laughs> funny. Complete, yeah, complete system shut down and restart. Nice. They turned it off and turned it on again. <laughs> have you uh, have you seen the new Picard um, trailer, Steve? I have. What I do have. you think? I, I, am, in, I am intrigued. Mm, Put it too. that way. I am intrigued. I'd like to see some of the old cast in that series as well as Picard I'm sure they'll bring some of them back at some point yeah Commander Riker Riker Deanna and Troy Mm. Uh, who else was there Geordie Geordie LaForge LaForge. Michael Dorn Data oh yeah Worf (laughs) (laughs) yes Michael Dorn (laughs) that'd be good have you watched Discovery yes I'm a big fan you watched it all yeah, yeah, I have too. I like it. <clears throat> it was just, it took a while to get going. It felt for the first three or four episodes like they didn't really know where they were going with it. Mm. But then they they got on track with it, and it's it's been quite good. The second series has been much better. Did you watch the Scott Bakula one? I I couldn't stomach that. The Enterprise, <laughs> I think it was called. Yeah, I, I did. I've watched them all. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm I'm I will admit it. I'm a bit of a Trek geek. I'm a bit of a Trekkie, but I like the science in it as much as anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen them all. I mean, it, it probably wasn't as good. Mm. It, parts of it, it had it had occasional moments that were oh, I quite good. Right. I mean, the uh, the mushroom thing I quite liked. The mycelium mycelium network. network. Yeah, Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets, the chief engineer or whatever yeah. it is, is named after him. The yeah. character. That's right. Who have you heard about Paul? The real Paul Stamets. Uh, not really. I know that's that's his line, though. Isn't mushroom it? guru, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. My my colleague is extraordinary. I believe he was consulted mm. when they were writing it. Yeah, they, I think Joe had him on his podcast, didn't he? Joe Rogan, yes. Yeah, probably. We're on first name terms. <laughs> <laughs> For another podcaster, we, we know. 
<laughs> Most serious scientists are fans, aren't they? Stephen Hawking was in an episode once. Was he? Yeah, he played himself in the uh, Hollow Suite. He was also playing, playing cards himself. with Data, with like Einstein and Newton. Oh shit! And, yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, we didn't put Hawking on our list. We didn't. Yeah, he's, he's definitely definitely another one. He's one of them. Julius Thank Caesar. Mm-hmm. He'd Julius be on the list, Caesar. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're looking at conquerors, there are a few of those, aren't there? Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great. You met you, oh. Alexander the Great, yeah. Napoleon. I mean, I, I know he lost in the end, but he he, he took over most of Europe. Yeah, yeah. Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breaker of chains. <laughs> Columbus, Magellan. Yeah, who invented the sextant? Leif Erikson. Leif Erikson, that's a great story. Mm. That ties into Hamlet's Mill as well, that story. Hamlet story, I think, Leif mm. Erikson. So you're probably wondering what we're talking about if yeah. we've uh, we've cut this, the middle part of the episode out. We, we were putting together a list of, of great minds of the last one. 2,000 years. 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're going to throw some names out. Charlemagne. Charlemagne. <laughs> yeah, I was taking it back, you see. Mm. Uh, Constantine. Constantine? John Constantine. Constantine. Keanu Reeves. Constantine the Great. <laughs> there must be some of us. Frederick the Great. Catherine the Great. Yep. Ivan the Terrible. Alfred the Great. Was that one? Did we have it? Yeah, yeah. Just thinking of the Greats. Interesting fact about Ivan the Terrible. Hmm. Russian translation of the word terrible is the is the word Grozny, which happens to be the capital of Chechnya as well. But in the Russian language, it, it doesn't mean terrible in the same way. It kind of means it in the way we might say that's terribly good. It oh. can mean awesome or incredible. <laughs> Ivan the oh, awesome. Ivan. Yeah. Fuck. Ivan the unbelievable. Wow. Oh, he's had a bad yeah. PR do, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Ragnar Lofbrook? The Viking <laughs> Conqueror. I'll tell you, we never mentioned William the Conqueror from yeah, our point of view. Old Bill. What about Jesus? Contentious issue, isn't it? <laughs> Is yeah. it? Because well, you assume it's non historical. I don't know. It's. Uh, it's... In terms you, of, terms of influence, in? I mean, um, I think it's generally accepted Jesus was, was a, a real historical person, figure. Historical figure. Um, Mohammed, you can make the same argument for Mohammed. Confucius, Lao Tzu, Sun Tzu, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David Icke, oh, <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, loads of them, loads of mm. loads of them lads. If we're not careful. We're just going to keep calling out names. I think we are. Hour, That's going to make for a terrible podcast. <laughs> Uh, what else has happened this week? Oh, yeah. Um, collapse of the government-ish. Oh, Theresa May. Yeah, she's been finally gone. And, she's uh, gone. So we're en- entering crazy time now. Yeah. Entering? <laughs> 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 so we're travelling deeper. Yeah, we are. The circles of hell. Things are going to get crazier again because the next Prime Minister could be Boris Johnson. Oh no! I don't think it will be. Oh, who else would it be? Doesn't bear thinking um, about. It's going to be a Brexiteer, I think. I don't know. the The results of the election are 
and then now is time to start mm. starting announcing. Yeah, the the way it works, don't the uh, the MPs were split down to two, and then the Conservative Party membership have an election on those two. Yeah, that's right. Unless one of them drops out, like last time. Yeah, yeah then, you have, then you have a out. yeah, you a have coronation. A coronation, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, here's here's the uh, bookie's favorite. Which two will the will the MPs narrow it down to? As long as it's not Jeremy Hunt or Michael Gove, oh, Gove. <laughs> or yeah. any of the people. Oh, don't as long get, as it's no one. Don't get me started on Gove as a former teacher. Oh, uh, right. uh, my wife's a nurse, so I've uh, plenty to say about Jeremy Hunt as well. Gove and Hunt. There's a limerick in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got to narrow it down to two. Hmm. Do you reckon Bojo be all that bad? No, I didn't mean that. That was sort of a rhetoric, rhetorical question. <laughs> mm. Do you think he's as, he, he'll be as uh, as bad as he... he yeah, he's, he's going to be bad, isn't he? Isn't he? He comes across as sort of like a, a bumbling, doesn't he? And, but yeah, he's got a f- first in... Classics from Cambridge, I think. It's one of the hardest degree courses to get into. Is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I think um, you don't get to that sort of position by being a bumbling idiot full time. Mm. It must be, a, must be a hobby for him. Yeah. Um, <coughs> the other guys. There's a guy who looks a bit like um, Eddie Redmayne. I saw today, don't know his name. Oh, Rory Stewart. That's him, yeah. 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 He's come out and said he will not serve in the Boris Johnson cabinet. Yeah. Right, okay. Which is an interesting strategy. Yeah, I think I heard sort of stuff like that last time, or when um, it was the Labour one last time, when Corbyn was mm-hmm. was being touted for king. The, uh, is this uh, the other one? Um Oh, Graham Brady, I think he he might be all right. He's been been fairly instrumental in this uh, mess. I've never heard of him. Former chairman of the 1922 mm. committee. Oh, he okay. stood down to in order to stand for leadership. Yeah, that was must have been today or yesterday. Mm. Yeah, know him if I saw him. Yeah, but the head of the backbench um, alliance. Mm. Make all the proper decisions. About Reese Mogg, has he thrown his hat in? No, no, he's not doing. Don't think. No. I think he said in the past he's no interest in being party leader. Mm. He's just a an antagonist mm. in the party, isn't he? He likes being free of the whip. Yeah. Mm. What the walnut whip? <laughs> uh, John Burko, I think, can make a good friend. <laughs> no. Order. Order. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> Based on zero. Uh... <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm I'm rubbish at politics. So yeah. I know it's a shit show at the moment. They're thinking they're going to have their asses handed to them tomorrow. Yeah. When the, when the EU vote comes yeah. home, the, the results come. They do come through about ten o'clock, I think, and they reckon the the Brexit party are going to clean up, and the Liberals and the anti. It'll be a pretty Green. much a split between the. The Brexit Party and the parties that have supported staying in all the way through, yeah. Almost like a second referendum. Mm. I suppose, it, I bet if you balance out the last, all the polls and stuff in the last three years since it started, I bet it stayed exactly the same, sort of 50-50, mm. all the way through. And there's, it's almost, it's total deadlock. 
Yeah, I don't think many people have changed their view in the meantime. No. Because nothing's really happened. No, I think the only people who would have changed their view perhaps um, didn't fully understand what they were they were doing in the first place, which more for them. Yeah. Really, I mean, if you don't know that it's... At the, if you didn't know at the time that it was one of the most important things you can do for your future and the future of your children <clears throat> and the children and your children's children in terms of direct effects on their lives then you've obviously not thought about it enough but there are people who think all that and vote one way and people who think all that and mm. vote the other way and that's that's it's fine so incredibly polarized isn't it nearly everybody feels 100 percent certain their position is the right one and surely it's not quite that simple. It's a bit more nuanced. And no. there are reasons to stay in and reasons to not stay in. And mm. No, it's, it just seems... And, it, and it's divided the country in a way that I've never seen before. No. There's just no common ground, is there? No, it's, it's, it's awful. I wonder what the impact it's having elsewhere on society. Like, if you eliminate any of the Brexit politics from the last three years... What sort of things would we have been thinking about? Would we have been changing for the better? Would we have been, you know, focusing on in terms of resourcing or, you know, new laws or new mm. taxes or whatnot? All kinds of stuff has not been done because of the focus and energy on this, on this, um, I say, highly polarizing subject that's in Col everybody's mind. Colossal distraction. Yeah, from what though? Mm. <laughs> I have to the say, conspiracy conspiracy theory, theory, you, would, you would hope that something good would, would have been done instead. Mm. But who can say? But yeah, I, I can't get over just how certain everybody is. Well, not everybody necessarily, but so many people. And, and the level of discourse amongst politicians has been pretty, pretty crass at times. Oh, yeah. You know. And, and a lot of insulting language on both sides. And in the media. And the media. The media have their part to play. They've stoked it up. Yeah. You just need one state-owned newspaper. <laughs> That'd be it. One view. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how people look back in 50 years. <sighs> and once the dust has settled... It's the kind of thing that you could make a GCSE history. Yeah. You know... And, when when we were doing history, it was Second World War that was there. You know, it'll be it'll be Britain in the twenty first century. You know, in fifty sixty years, it'll be Brexit and the things that caused it. And the thing that makes me feel most hard done by is that very fact that for the for the rest of my life, regardless of which way it goes, the rest of my life is political dust settling. And that's it. There's not going to be any like great. Political leaps, I don't think. Not that I was expecting any, but I, I certainly don't want dust settling mm. for, for the rest of my life. I think it's, I feel a bit shitty about it. What would you hope for? Uh, immediate dust settling mm. and then onwards to, to other things, other more progressive things. Either in or out. Maybe the system sort of just trundles on, really, and sometimes it needs a shock to produce something really good. 
or really bad. That's that's true in so many things. Not just politics, isn't it? Mm. That's of course, isn't it? A little revolution can be a good thing now and again. Probably Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> was he on the list? <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I've got dry mouth. It's all this politics. Mm. Ugh. It's dry. I've got dry brain. Let's leave leave <laughs> politics. You can tune back in now, <clears throat> eavesdroppers. <laughs> Phil's getting his cheese out. <laughs> Baby Bell. Uh, good Omen starts on Friday. Nudging back to TV. That That's good. Um, Neil Gaiman. I've not watched that. It's, uh, well, no, it's, it's starting it. on, on Friday. Okay. Um, the radio show's ace, if you can dig that out. Right. Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman are in it. Now, um, wasn't there um, a film based on a book by Neil Gaiman a few years ago? There was there was another series, American Gods, on right. Amazon Prime. No, I've not seen that one either. That's Ian McShane is in it. Yeah, and that guy from Hollyoaks, Calvin. Yeah. don't know why I know that. Um, I don't tend to, to watch a lot of TV nowadays, really. I have one or two things that I watch quite regularly, but that's about it. We binge stuff. If we see something we like, yeah. we'll, we'll go back and watch the previous series. So we're doing that with Line of Duty at the moment. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's ace. Yeah. It's, uh... I just watch cartoons on my own. Christ, <laughs> <laughs> I watch next to nothing now. Mm. I watched last Game of Thrones. It was this week. And, have, uh, they, have they had the last one? Has it, it was been last week. Yeah. Right. Last, uh, was the Sunday? Don't sp- I may watch it one day, so don't spoil it. Christ, uh, <laughs> have you not already had it spoiled? Well, I've managed to avoid quite a lot, actually. You're when about you're 80 hours behind, man. I know. <laughs> I have to go right back to the beginning. Uh, I was just going to ask you if the just if the ending met your expectations. No. Really. no a bit really. of an anticlimax. I think the last two seasons have been rushed. You see, you've just saved me 80 hours there. I know not to bother. I'm not going yeah. to just to be disappointed. <laughs> Honestly, I would bother. Like, all the background laying, foundation laying they've been doing for the last eight years, I mean, they might as well not have bothered. There are some plot holes in it, like things they've made a big fuss about a couple yeah. of seasons ago. and then The little children of the forest. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, it is it. a shame. They rushed it because the producers want to move on to other things, I think. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. I so read a story regarding a teacher in Belgium. This was years and years ago. When when the Game of Thrones series had been on for a couple of seasons. And I mean, I don't watch the program, but I know that people tend to get killed. <laughs> and key people get killed off when you're maybe not expecting it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he was having difficulty with this class of older kids. I should point Killed out. one of them. <laughs> I didn't kill one of them, no. <laughs> the least expected I've got another it. story, actually. Sorry, about, not about killing a child, sorry. <laughs> um, um, he knew all these kids loved watching Game of Thrones. So he, he wrote down the name of a... a these kids weren't, weren't behaving for him. So he wrote down the name of a character of Game of Thrones, wrote the name down on the board, and they said, why have you written that name down? He said, well, you know the Game of Thrones series? He went, yeah. But that character's the next one to die. He went, what? He said, you see, I've read all the books. I know exactly what's going to happen. And if you don't stop messing around, I'm going to keep writing names on this board. <laughs> Did it oh, work? God. I believe so, yeah. yeah. They fell into line. Now, the, the other story I was thinking of was, uh, you may, I didn't kill one of them, no, but uh, kind of uh, related to corporal punishment. 
uh, Ramesh Ranganathan, the comedian, used to be a maths teacher. All right. And he was telling the story at a parents' evening when uh, he was having to report to the parents of a child. Uh, well, I'm sorry to say that um, your child hasn't been behaving as well as he you know, can be disruptive and so on. And the dad just said, why don't you just hit him? And he said, uh, well, the thing is, I'm kind of not allowed to hit the children. He said, but what if, okay, what if I gave you a letter saying that I said it was okay for you to hit him? Could you hit him then? Wow. Jeez. Ah, free pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll have that letter, yeah. You get, at the very least, you could produce a letter saying you're going to get wallops in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's a threat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Damn, great. Yeah. When was corporal punishment stopped in schools? Oh, 70s? Something like that. Yeah. Late 70s. Not long ago, is it? No. Inconceivable now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. To go yeah. back to that. If anything, it's the other way around. The, the kids feel untouchable. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Invincible. Yeah, I've, Sol Invictus. I've, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked the idea of corporal punishment at all. Um, my, when I was training in my first year, many, many years ago, um, my mentor was um, coming to the end of his teaching career, and he said in the early days he had a cane. And if kids were messing around, the cane was just propped in the corner of the room. Mm. Someone was messing around, he'd just say, the cane's there, son. And that would be the end of it. Did you ever get a board rubber thrown at you? Yeah, yeah. I wonder I if that, so. that's like the the um, yeah. the dying, the dying embers. Yeah, of yeah. That was that yeah. was the end of it. Yeah. Green, you are. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, board rub a bit of chalk or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's completely changed teaching kids at schools now from when we went. I mean, we have blackboards for a start. Mm -hmm. They all have these like touchscreen multimedia interactive whiteboards yeah. displays. Yeah, yeah. fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Do they have uh, a lot of schools? Don't they have tablets now rather than books? Uh, Star not Trek? the ones that <laughs> like fee paying schools give you give you an iPad. I know. I worked in one for a time. They didn't go for that, but I think they thought about it. Um, I. I'm surprised it hasn't caught on yet. I, I'd have thought it would have done because um, the excuse, um, I've forgotten my book, won't work. Because, of course, if your kids are working on virtual exercise books with work being saved into some kind of cloud, cloud. storage, <laughs> yeah. you know, if they say I haven't got my tablet, that's probably spare. Oh, you just use that one. You know, yeah, log on to that one. Um, a lot of infrastructure problems. Uh, whenever I tried to use sort of laptops for a research lesson. They, uh, they can't all log on or they, they can't all find the bandwidth of the Wi-Fi rooms, that kind of thing. In, a, in every company, IT is shit. Schools, <laughs> it is. It's the, it's the weak link in, in every business. Mm. I, I can't... I've never known anyone in any business not to complain about IT. <laughs> <laughs> do they do it at Google? I've, yeah. <laughs> Probably do. Yeah. More. Blame the IT guys. Wi-Fi is only... Five million gigabits. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're gonna? Um, do you think eventually we'll let instead of having a smart device, we'll just have like a port in our head? Oh, um, crikey! That's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, that is that the next step? Do you think that the wearable eventually just goes under the skin, so it's there in your wrist? It's, you know, it's a, become a cyborg. I think there's a fellow 
there's definitely a fellow in London. I've I've read about him. He's got his oyster card implanted, or the chip from his oyster card implanted in the back of his hand. Fuck. So he just he can top it up and just <laughs> use it. He never has to. Yeah, you know, carry it in his wallet or whatever. No way. Yeah. That, that, that is worrying, isn't it? Yeah. We start microchipping babies. <laughs> you know. You know that that could be that that is real through the looking glass stuff. There are already companies that sell like locator beacons, yeah. sure. wristbands, yeah, and then eventually that goes under the skin, yeah, and then yeah. it's a chip. I've, yeah. I've, I've, I think there was a black mirror. There was a black mirror episode. Do you remember the woman who had like a, a virtual? She had the a daughter was programmed with oh, like a mind yes. thing, and yeah. she could actually zoom into her daughter's head and see what she see was what seeing. And she got involved in drugs and they fell out and stuff. Yeah. It was a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, It was scary. But oh, the, yeah, that thing you've alluded to with the uh, the wristbands, I'm pretty sure they've developed the microchip already for that. And it's for tra- it is for tracking your workforce and finding out if someone's... Your workforce? Sat doing, mm-hmm. yeah, sat doing yeah. nothing or not how long, how long they're spending on the toilet. Exactly. Mm. Which Clock, Logging in and out. The, mm. So they have these gateways so you don't have to... I have to clock in on a car. Who, has to, who agrees to have this done to them? People who want want to get paid their salary, I guess. I certainly wouldn't. That's something out of Orwell, isn't it? Fucking hell, yeah. If you pressure enough people, they'll do it. And once you get 20, 30% of, of people mm. doing it, it'll point. snowball. Yeah. yeah, you get to a tipping point here. Mm-hmm. You think there's a company that has that now? I'm pretty sure. Let me... Where they in, inject, inject people. Mm. God, it's terrifying that. Well, we're talking about Moore's Law, weren't we? And this could be the next step. Yeah. Integration of... Uh, hardware. Hardware, yeah. Into the brain. We're back on Star Trek, the Borg. That's what they're all about. Oh, yeah. Resistance is futile. Mm. Simulate. Yeah, they just went around and taking all the best technology, oh, didn't they? UK yeah. employees. Alarm over talks to implant UK employees with microchips. In this country, would you the, believe it? The sources, this is The Guardian. Uh, Britain's biggest employer organisation, a main trade union. Uh, I've read a sandy alarm, blah, blah, blah. UK firm Biotech offers the implants to businesses and individuals. Uh, implanted in the flesh between the thumb and forefinger. Um, track whereabouts of employees. It's in a dystopian future where there's people... Who hack the thing out of the mm. hand? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like a Mad Max. <laughs> Cost between seventy and two hundred and sixty pound per person. Seventy quid. Yeah, it's nothing, is it? No. And you know where your employees are at all times. And we'll certainly turn it off when it's home time. Then we won't use your data. You know, eventually they'll gather your data when you're not at work as well and sell mm. that on. Well, that's that's the thing. Isn't Giggle it? do that now, don't they? With the devices, that's, they track that's the everywhere. problem, isn't it? Yeah, once you start, and they you know, know that chip could collect a lot of information, couldn't it? Yeah, they know where you were for how long, then where what and it builds patterns where you're likely to be, so they can target advertising at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's mental. Wake you up in the morning, alarm clock. Yeah, do mild, mild electric shock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our school recommends alarm clocks. Like you get a proper alarm clock. Try and dissuade kids from using the phones. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, I use my yeah. as a clock. I want one of those old school ones with the red 
picked up an LCD display. Like Knight Rider. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like a white or cream Oh, paste. yeah, Bakelite, slightly yellowed. And it would be like a non-geometric, <laughs> like a, a blob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shaped. Smooth. With a speaker in the top, perforated speaker in the top. Radio alarm. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Have a CD though. You could put a CD on it and play oh, a track you want to listen to. That's two point oh, <laughs> That alarm mm. clock. My uh, alarm clock I had was the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> and, <laughs> do you remember what you used to say in the morning? Do you remember? The Enterprise is under attack. Wake up and do something. <laughs> over do, and over and over again until oh, you threw it at the wall. But you didn't have to <laughs> have it. I just did something. You didn't have to have it in English. You could have, you it, have it in Klingon, Klingon as well. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember what it was in Klingon? Oh, no. My, my Klingon's a bit rusty. I know my trackie, but. Enterprise, he group, Ivek, Ejveyita. That's Klingon. It's genuine Klingon. That's burnt into your brain. Yeah, because it yeah. woke me up every day yeah. <laughs> for three years. <laughs> yeah, it's burnt into my soul. Let's see. Klingon. Get another one. Neuro-linguistic programmed. Yeah. Some Klingon for as a child. It's a shame it wasn't French, was it? <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> useful. Help you out. Yeah. <laughs> something useful, yeah. GCSE Klingon. It's funny how English has become the, like, the international language, isn't it? Yeah. That's uh, rather than you know the Portuguese li- the lingua or French, franca, the lingua franca. Lingua franca, they say. Mm. Yeah, there's always always a lingua franca because it was Latin. Yeah, and Greek, Greek, Akkadian yeah. for a time. Akkadian, Akkadian. Because of the empire, yeah. though. Because of the empire, it's English. I think possibly, yeah, because uh, North America and you know it's uh, it's it's the second language of so many nations as well, isn't it? How long is it? Throughout Africa the... and India and. The Indian subcontinent. How long has it been the lingua franca? Has it been the lingua franca more for more time than than the previous ones? Oh, I would say no. I would say I would Latin say and Greek probably were yeah, lingua franca. I would far, say far like fifty years. So since the Second World still, War, I would say become the lingua franca. You know, I think America. it goes back to the time of empire. Yeah, I, I don't know. It goes back to the nineteenth century. Maybe. Maybe. Sea trade and China. So we've still maybe, got a maybe few years the, left. Yeah. The British Indian, what's the company? British East India Company. East India Company. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it does. Hmm. Uh, what will be next? Esperanto or Spanish? Chinese? Could be Mandarin. Mandarin. Could be Spanish. Spanish is one of the fastest growing languages, isn't it? No. It's going to be emojis. Oh, emojis, no. yeah. That's going to be the next lingua franca. Emojis. Aubergine, aubergine. I'm sure there's scientific studies been done on that. Emojis? Yeah, emojis being the next, going to take over. It's just hieroglyphs, isn't it? It's modern hieroglyphs. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've gone all the way back, haven't we? Yeah. We started with hieroglyphs and we're back with <coughs> hieroglyphs. I've got a book over there about how to read hieroglyphs. I've not started it. It'd be interesting yeah. and pointless. <laughs> Yet another <laughs> skill <laughs> string to your bow. On the CV. Yeah, Klingon, uh, hieroglyphs. Working Klingon, yeah. yeah. Hieroglyphs. Fluent. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good if you could do that, yeah. Peace. Um, the uh, Mayans, I think that was uh, similar. They had their own glyphs, didn't they? Oh. Hieroglyphic language. Well, ma- Mandarin, Chinese languages. Every character is is uh, a modern version of a, an ancient 
sort of picture. pictogram, pictogram yeah. which would represent something. Or, well, yeah, it represented an object or a or a person or or, or a tree or mountain. Sumerian wasn't like that though. Yeah, cuneiform was that, that the, cuneiform? That was a written language, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, into clay tablets. Mm. And that's I think like that's a serious earliest, writing. Almost that horizontal and vertical lines. Yeah, it just looks like yeah, mm. lines with angles in them involved. Yeah, weird. Hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> what are the best hashtags we've had? Hashtag twenty eight days later. <laughs> <laughs> It's moved on. I need new. I need new hashtag. I'm gonna do another twenty eight days. Are you carrying on then? Yeah, yeah. What are you What are you doing now then? What's your your routine? Um, I have breakfast, which is one Weetabix, right, with milk and an apple. Yeah, with milk. Yeah. <laughs> Just with dry. Lacto free milk. Yeah, um, and an apple. And an apple or some kind of fruit. Uh, then I'll have for lunch just half pack of um. Whatever. Chicken. Sausages. <laughs> Just lard. <laughs> Just <me> some lard <laughs> uh, half a pack of whatever, you know, Bird Matthews turkey pieces or whatever. <laughs> With couscous. Half a pack of Aldi couscous. You make this at work? Yeah, because it's a fucking kettle, isn't it? Just couscous right. is piece piece. You make like kettle a homemade pot noodle. Minutes. Sort of, yeah, and I'll have that. And then I'll have a proper meal when I get home, which will be... Probably some sort of chicken-based thing, not too saucy. <laughs> on on crude? No, not pa- no pastry. Uh, or some hunter's meaty chicken steak or something. Yeah, hunter's chicken. You could have hunter's yeah. chicken. Yeah. So that's just protein and fat. Yep. No Cheese. chips. No. No. <coughs> zero chips. Zero bread. Zero chips. Zero bread. <sighs> I had a naan bread two days ago. Oh, I did. Yeah, and it was good. You have Papa Dom's as well. Yeah. We Not had once. a curry on Friday night. Yeah, it was good. It was good because it, 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 it. I mean, it doesn't feel like I'm just doing it kind of naturally anyway. Didn't that I, feel like a cheat, uh, a treat? Yeah, it did. It did, and I miss. I've discovered that I miss toast, which is a mm. weird thing, but I do miss it. But I think my my average daily calorie intake. So I'm not. I'm not having any snacks at all. There's no nothing. I'm not eating after probably six six o'clock. And it's difficult. It's a little bit difficult. Um, but I reckon my calorie intake's still knocking around 900 a day. Crikey. That's not much. No, That's I know. It's not a lot at all. It's not. Shit. But as a result, I've I've lost a lot. I've gone from 15.3 to 13.8 this morning. So in, in how long? 33 days, I think. My word. Crikey, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, once you get into it, the the thing that that changed me, uh, or the thing that I noticed changed was, at first it was really hard, and you're just going from day to day, thinking, oh, fucking, hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I gotta do this, mm. do this, do this, and it goes into, well, I'm doing, I've done this, I can do it again, I'll do it again, mm-hmm. and then then you start to think, well, oh, I've only got another fifteen days, mm. when I was doing twenty eight days later, mm. and then and then in fifteen days. I'll just go back to eating normally, but what the fuck's normally? Like mm. biscuits and chocolate and all that shit. But then now, um, and slightly earlier, I suppose, probably about 10, 10 days ago, I started thinking less about the end 
and it it became just normal. Like this is the the normal. This is a how lifestyle I eat. change. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. I've done my, I walk every day now. Every day. You've I've, reprogrammed yourself. I know. I started mm. picking up litter in the village as well. As, uh, <laughs> well off the back here talking but, but to this the But this takes something like twelve weeks to make a habit. It's not been twelve on, weeks. On you know roughly. On average, or maybe it's nine weeks. Might be nine or twelve quick, weeks. I think it's. Or is that to break a habit? Is that to create a habit or break a habit? I don't know. No, but yeah, you've changed your lifestyle. Yeah, I think I have. Oh. I feel better for it. Is that what it's called? 28 days lighter? That's what I call it. That's yeah. what you call it. <laughs> is it a particular plan? Or? No, no. It's, it's his no. plan. Just, no. just cut, cutting your calorie intake and choosing certain foods. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I, just, I just thought yeah. sort of did it. It's I not, mean, It's not rocket science. No. As long as you... You know, you're not passing out from hunger or anything like no. that. Well, no, yeah, I've not killed over yet, so yeah. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I think maybe I cramp. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had really bad cramp getting up in the mornings, and I, I, I diagnosed myself with a salt deficiency. Yeah. Um, so I just added some more salt to stuff um, and ate more salty products. Are you in ketosis, do you think, then? I think so. My breath smells like pear drops. <laughs> That's, okay. uh, mm. that's ketosis. Right. So yeah, um, feeling good. I'm still, I'm still having the odd snack. Mm. I'm not, I'm not going mental, but it's better than uh, apples and black coffee. Last time I tried, because that you can't change the, your lifestyle to apple and black no. coffee, can you? No, that's just a fad diet. I think. Yeah. yeah, you have to find something that's sustainable long term, don't you? Mm. I think weekends have been good as well because we. We'll get up slightly later and I won't have breakfast and I'll we go out and take the daughter to various clubs and stuff. And then we'll have sort of brunch. So we'll go somewhere for brunch mm. and I'll just have bacon and uh tomato and egg. beans. No, I don't like eggs. Oh, you don't like eggs. Yeah, it's difficult that. Mm. But then I won't eat again till um like tea time and then have a salad or something so mm. that's that's a really low mm. low calorie day or we won't do that and we'll only have tea like a, an early tea like three o'clock or something so no meal apart from one at three to uh that, that's that's good. i regularly skip breakfast and lunch and mm. fast Cranky. i think that helps i'd be hallucinating if i got to tea <laughs> no time i think it's a lot easier than most people think yeah, I've definitely, yeah. I've definitely found that. I think the hardest thing is starting it, mm. and I'll, I'm sure millions of people who've said that before. But I and I've, I heard them and I thought, oh fucking hell, yeah, whatever, it's gonna be hard. But then once I, once I did start, yeah, it, it was hard. But I mean, I don't know the benefit. I feel, I feel so much. You do better. feel better? Yeah, feel happier. I've, I've... Like which I wasn't expecting to feel happier. Um, it's it's bizarre. I've lost weight and put it back on several times. I need to get back onto the losing weight again. So I'm carrying a bit too much at the minute, and and it's it's like you say, it's just starting and saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is you know I'm going to eat these things. I'm not going to eat those things. And mm. Just generally uh, moderate a bit. You know, not eat as much. It's that devil on your shoulder as well. That tempts you. Yeah, I think in the early days distractions are good because mm. if you're constantly thinking about food. Yeah, which sounds like sounds bizarre, but I was constantly thinking about mm. eating. Yeah, you feel that little bit of hunger. 
He's, he, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what our wallet in my case seems like. Like you feel a little bit hungry and start thinking, oh, I'm hungry, I want to eat. And Perversely, it eats away at you. That it does. feeling of hunger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cup yeah, of tea is good sometimes for that yeah. first yeah. moment of hunger. Oh, well, sometimes you're just water. thirsty. Yeah, plenty of water yeah. as well. Yeah. Been drinking three liters of water a day at mm. least. Um, that's that's really helped, mm. especially in the early days, because then you get the water retention loss, and you think, oh fuck, I've lost six pounds in a week, and it's only your your fluids balancing mm. out, but mm. you get that little boost. All right, all right. I'll try that. I don't really drink enough water, me. No. Probably should have a couple of pints extra day, I think. You feel like you're skinning a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, all that oh, aspect. you went to Darwin Live today. I did, yeah. Off the back of uh, recommendations from our, our guest last week, the Lancashire Hot Pod, um, I went to see Al English, a.k.a. Dweller, uh, Bolton's finest hip-hop vehicle. Oh. At, uh, at Darwin Live on the main stage, he was very good. He was good. Yeah, he, I was, I was enjoying it. Mm. None of this uh, modern nonsense. It was old school hip hop. What was it sound like? It was, it was just a wall of noise because it was, it was outside. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's all right. It's, it's uh, what I took away from it. I think um, it was there was a lot of power in in his rhymes but not a great deal of aggression and i think mm. the modern the modern sort of stuff i've heard occasionally if i accidentally tune into mm-hmm. one extra or whatever um seems a lot more aggressive a lot a lot more aggressive a lot of violent imagery yeah mm. yeah it's not like i mean i like you know beastie boys and fucking uh I jurassic see. five uh, NWA were like that though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not a new thing. It's no, more it's, prominent now. I think yeah, well it's more it's more <coughs> aggressive. The aggression I don't think the aggression was there with with NWA so much. All right at the time perhaps. But probably a matter of perspective though. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was he was pretty good, so that's uh How long well. how long were you there for Darwin live? About an hour, we had a wander around. It was quite good. I think we should try and play there next year. It's not just main stage. They have loads of every pub's like open and they have their own program of music. It's like South by Southwest, but in Darwin, right. Northwest by <laughs> East. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty good. You've got some good bars out there as well. There's a there's a few good uh, brewery taps. I was going to mm-hmm. ask about Real L. Yeah, 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 lots. There's a song Sunbird Records, I think. Um, just it just said sunbirdrecords.com on the side of this this pub, but it's it's the actual name of the bar. So I don't know if they have a record label and a lot of hipsters in there, but it looked pretty good. Mm. I uh, I suggest we we do go out in Darwin and have a a few scoops. Oh, is, is it a train? You can get a train up there, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Darwin and Twistle, I think the train station. Yeah, it's not far from, from where I am. Like. I used to work quite a bit in Darwin years ago when uh, I've just forgotten it all. It's nice, uh, nice little town. I had, uh, yeah, yeah, but I think I saw the, was that Darwin. I saw the Queen there once, mate. Was that Darwin? I think it was about five years ago. Yeah. 
Jubilee year or something. Yeah, something she came to came do up. something. I remember that. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, because she was in Blackburn the day after because we, we went to see her come through. Ooh. Wave out the car and stuff. They had snipers on the top of the um, the shopping centre. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was proper serious. Okay. What brought her to Blackburn? Was she just... Uh... She went to the cathedral for some service. I can't remember what it was about. But yeah, her and Philip were there. Yeah, that was all right. Got a, quite a sense of... I'm not a, a monarchist or a royalist, but <laughs> no. you do get a little sense of kind of civic pride. And I've never seen a, a member of the royal, royal family. In real life, I've, no. I think I've only yeah, seen I've that that's, that's it. She's a member of the Dutch royal family in Berlin Bitch. years and years ago. I was there in the, the, the Rudolf the, the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is a Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. I think she's abdicated now. She was there with a, a couple of her relations and we, we saw her. Just hanging out. Yeah, pretty much. It, it wasn't kind of if there were snipers, we didn't see them. No. They'd been concealed. <laughs> they were just a little bit more <laughs> Yeah, a little bit more chilled, I think. Oktoberfest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was good though. Darwin Live, local music, worth a shot. You can't beat live music, can you? No, especially sort of in a nice place where it's local and uh, mm. there's there's beer at the the pub and whatever. We're going like. to see the Blue Tones soon. We are in oh, two cool. weeks. I think. Two weeks. Yeah, that's somewhere small, isn't it? Yeah, Rotten St Mary's. Rotten Stall. Rotten Stall. Yeah. Oh right, like a. I don't know if it's in like village a hall. <laughs> it's like a village hall or something. I don't know. That'd be good. It'd be nice. Really yeah. Be great. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll drive if you want. Well, we could, I was thinking we could get a taxi from mine if you want. If you want a drink. Oh, I don't know. I might just drive. Right. Oh, I missed yeah. the trip there. I don't I'll get it. slaughtered then if you're <laughs> I'd have gone to see the Blue Tones. They'd be a good live band. You, I bet you've been a few times, have you? See the Blue Three, Tones. maybe. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I think you went on the... Uh, Return of the Last yeah, Chance. I didn't go to, to that gig. That's yeah. at Guildhall, isn't it? Yeah. I miss that one. Yeah, it's mega. I remember... I think that's the first time I remember coming home and my ears ringing when I went wow. to bed. I was yeah. quite young. We were quite young, I think. Mm. Yeah, fifteen early, or something. Early days, yeah. Was that like your first proper live key? I think. Yeah, yeah. Mine was um, Manic Street Preachers, <laughs> supported by Catatonia. Oh God, that's yeah, pretty that cool. Fairly good lineup. The downside to that was it was in the uh, the Nine X Arena in Manchester. Oh, you're miles away. Fucking miles away. Yeah. So Stereophonics a week later, same place. Mm. The Nine X, which one's that one? Men, it's this. Oh, the yeah, Men. Is that is that what they call Gmax? Or you used to call Gmax? No, that's that different uh, one. Yeah, that's different. I nice, saw so, uh, uh, the Beautiful South, supported by the Lightning Seeds at Gmax in '95. Yeah, '95. <laughs> yeah, and that was a good show. I loved the Jollification Lightning Seeds album. Well, yeah, well, well, with they, the they played from, they played yeah. a lot of the songs from from that album. Yeah, it was it was good. Perfect day, perfect day was yeah. a great song. The first one I saw them last year at uh, Entry. I you thought he, I thought it was not really a right good singer live. Uh, Ian Browdy. Uh, 
more of a producer. Maybe, maybe not the best vocalist, but it was still it's still a you know a good good show. But they they do quite a few events like that at Taintree and Adoc. If you fancy uh, spending a bit of money, you know you the GGs. Yeah, if you, you, there's a there's a website that my wife subscribes to. I can't remember what it's called. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's like first film now or love film now or something Show like that. Show film first. Show film first. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah, you can if you if you wait until the day before a show like that, they'll they'll have like a handful of tickets left and they'll sell them off for like three quid or something. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to see the Lightning Seeds fairly cheapish, and uh, Kaiser Chiefs as well. I saw it. Uh, Tame tree, and it cost me about a fiver to get it. Oh, I saw the Kaiser Chiefs in Leeds, and uh, in the middle of Leeds, on some square somewhere. Massive gig that was ace mm. uh, when you were when you were huge. Well, that'd be their hometown gig as well. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Well, you've been to like Lollapalooza as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've been What's to like Lollapalooza the biggest, twice. Biggest gig you've been to? Uh, uh, numbers of yeah, probably Lollapalooza, I think. Grand Park, Chicago. What would that be, like 100,000 or something? More, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's massive. It's bigger than the Leeds Festival and all that. I wonder if, because I went to the Stone Roses reunion, I wonder if that crowd was bigger. One in Manchester. Eaton Park. I know. Eaton Park, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that might have been bigger. Nebworth was bigger than that, wasn't it? Zeppelin. Uh, Zeppelin Oasis. Oasis at Nebworth. Uh, that was maybe, I think there was a quarter of a million over the weekend, wow. something like that. Went. Yeah, I've not, I've not been to anything quite that big. Yeah, I think it was 175,000 a night. Whoa. When Oasis were in like the peak in yeah. like 97, I guess, or 98. I saw Arctic Monkeys at Trafford Park with Amy Winehouse supporting. I'm wondering wow. if that was, and Supergrass as well, they were on that same bill. That might have been massive. I don't Su- know Supergrass, not Supertramp. Supergrass. No, Supergrass. <laughs> Super I, like, I, like, I like both those bands. Yeah. Yeah. Supergrass are a great live band as well. I bet they are, yeah. I'd like to see Supergrass. They can all play for, like shit, yeah. can't they? <laughs> there, there are loads of bands that I've not seen yet that I'd like to see. 400,000 at Lollapalooza. Wow. Shit. <laughs> That's nearly as big as Glastonbury. The great <laughs> thing about that, we, we so we went in 2010 and I proposed to my missus in... Uh, New York. So we had a, we had a, I think we had three days in New York and then we went to Chicago for Lollapalooza for four days. And then we had two weeks in Florida and did all Disney and stuff. We met mm. with her family. That and sounds did amazing. Huh? Did think that was it's your honeymoon? No, this was, this was when I proposed. Oh. And then two years later, we went back to New York for a week and Chicago for a week during Lollapalooza for, for our honeymoon. So, mm. so we did that. Uh, but on our honeymoon, the was it honeymoon? Yeah, on our honeymoon, the um, the evacuated Lollapalooza because of a storm, storm oh, in the area, uh, and the storms there, mental in yeah. America, absolutely windy city. nuts. Yeah, it was bloody windy, <laughs> but everyone was out of the park within twenty minutes, half an hour. Mm. We were back at the hotel before the storm hit, looking out the windows. And it just died. All the all the TVs, they have loads of local TV stations in the states. <clears throat> so you just put it on, and it says, uh, you know, Lola Please has been evacuated. Here's where the storm is. It's on its way. It's passing over. Two hundred two hundred strikes per minute at the moment. So we were looking out this win- window in like the 
middle middle height floor of a fancy hotel and uh just lightning 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 it was, it was absolutely phenomenal and then about 20 minutes later the there was like an announcement on loud hailers that you could hear slightly because we were quite close to the park and it was all over the news that that you could go back in the in the park to close it down because it's obviously lightning strike death risk and all that jazz yeah. um so we went back but the fact that they evacuated so many people so quickly, yeah. I thought this would never... If this it was Glastonbury, <laughs> yeah. imagine. The chaos. Absolutely ridiculous. But they managed it, and it was great, and everyone left in an orderly fashion. Everyone came back in an orderly fashion. How did they do it? Did they do it like PA? Screens. The big screens at the side of the stage said, yeah. uh, you know, uh, emergency... Weather, weather, bad weather on its way. Please leave immediately. We're not we'll joking. Return. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was there was one band that set was shortened a bit because it shifted everyone back. Was it so open that everybody could move away in a different direction? Or, uh, or well, were they no, to funnel people through a particular. You had to go through gates back because wow. the park's on the edge of Lake Michigan. So right. you have Lake Michigan, and then a, a bit of land, I suppose. Then Grant Park, and then the city is behind. you behind you sort of behind that so everyone was going towards the city down mm. like Van Buren and, and going towards their hotels and bars and whatever whatever's in the area to get shelter um, but it, it was amazing it's a load of people going through a gate and you think right well we're going to get crushed to death here mm-hmm. but nope it was perfectly fine it's a vomitorium uh, yeah well at the time <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what they used to call it you know um when you say vomitorium, they think that the Romans had this room where they ate, ate to excess and then vomited. That's and a it's Roman a, orgy, it's a, it? it's a misconception. No, it just meant the exits from the Colosseum. They went the vomitorium. It's like the audience being vomited out of the... Ah, right. yeah. the uh, they could have gone down the ejaculatorium. Right? <laughs> 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 a bit the third eye. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, d- I just didn't think that that would be... That would be um, doable in in the yeah. UK. Why is that? I think because we're all idiots. Really, a lot of us are idiots. There must be a cultural reason for that. Idiocy. That's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Culturally ingrained idiocy. The madness of crowds is strong in in this island. Isn't there a thing called the wisdom of crowds? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, is that some Darren Brown shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it was true or a hoax. So, the wisdom of the crowd. The wisdom of crowds. It sounds like a another ancient Roman thing, doesn't it? Because they were into. I'm thinking more Enlightenment oh. era when it was d- discovered. No, maybe not. What was your Stone Roses Heaton Park? Mm. Drum roll. It's using Bing. Uh, the 75,000 capacity Heaton Park crowd. Oh. So it was 225,000 people, but over the weekend. So oh. I suppose, I suppose, well, Palooza would have been over the weekend as well. People come and go over. That's 400,000, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, slightly larger. 
I can't I've, imagine uh, 225,000 Stone never, Roses fans. Have you never been to Glastonbury? Never. No, I haven't. Have you uh, been? I've not been, no. Been to Leeds far too many times <laughs> with you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> though, I was so great, Bandit Lee. It, uh, my favourite Leeds performance was uh, Fun Loving Criminals. Ah, oh, yeah. Hmm. They came on and it was like dusk yeah. and it was daylight when they started and it was dusk when they finished and he, he incorporated that into his spiel yeah. that he was doing between songs. So, you know, we're bringing the day. We're going to wave bye to the sun now. <laughs> you know, Huey. Huey, yeah. what's he Hugh called? Morgan. Huey Morgan, yeah. Because yeah. at the time, he was like the coolest, one of the coolest guys on earth at yeah. that time. <laughs> we, were waiting so much for, um, we were waiting for Guns N' Roses after that as well, weren't were we? we? For yonks. For years. <laughs> <coughs> Chinese democracy tour. Uh, it, was it that? Yeah. Yeah, was they were after Fun Loving Criminals. Buckethead? Yeah. Was there no one in between? There was someone in between Fun Loving Criminals. I don't and, think there was. Didn't we see Marilyn Manson? That was the night before. When he was on Do his stilts, mem- putting glow sticks up his bottom. Were you there with me when we walked past him in the crowd afterwards? Yeah. And with, with, with Dieter Von Tees. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was just, just, just strolling around, around. Yeah. and we you. I think it was just was it just you and just me us, there? Yeah. yeah, and we walked past. Everyone else had gone to like watch Shed yeah. Seven or some shit, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we walked past him, and I remember we just looked at each other and went, "That was him, Manson." <laughs> we just carried on. Then didn't yeah. bother to go. Yeah, you couldn't have got a selfie because we didn't have phones, did no, we? No, no. we didn't have mobile phones. No, we didn't. No, how did we survive? <laughs> I don't think anyone had a phone. There was no. Mm, maybe we did, but they were never charged. You can you can take a phone to a festival because it'd just be the battery would last a day. Yeah, and it'd be useless. That's it. Yeah, I think I that's that. one thing phones have never improved on is battery power. Because the more intensive devices now, mm. the battery technology is. Uh, like um, the old Nokia thirty two ten or whatever, you would charge it once every three or four days. Yeah, yeah, it would last because uh, quite a big battery, and it's not having to do much processing power, is it? No. Nope. Mm. Whereas these modern devices, they're trying to keep shrinking and shrinking the battery, but asking mm. it to, to do more and more. Yeah, the mass, LCD the dis- yeah bright displays use it as a flashlight, CPU, everything. Yeah. We want more and more for with less space. They'll overcome that challenge. They'll come up with a battery that that'll last for longer. Sure yeah. they will. Yeah, okay. they've, they've got us this far, so. But a, new, a, a, new, a portable nuclear accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what was it called? The thing that's yeah. good about the the new batteries is they they can take more charges. Mm. Yeah. Rather than NiCad or um, nickel cadmium. Yeah, that's the same thing. Um, what yeah. were the other ones? Not sodium, alkaline. No, no the rechargeable batteries. You mean neem, and nickel metal hydride. Nickel metal halide. Hydride. Hydride. Used mm-hmm. to get them batteries, but now power tools are all lithium ion now. Yeah, and yeah, you get more charges. So that's the main big one big advantage, and the other big advantage is weight. Mm-hmm. They're a lot lighter. Yep. You get lithium ion motorbike batteries now and you can install them upside down if you want it's not like you have to there's like a liquid or a gel in a normal battery do you put it where the petrol tank would normally be on an electric bike yeah if you yeah, yeah. but you can get like normal power your lights and and 
and you know you accelerate shit on a bike like a like a car battery does mm. but on a motorbike you can get um lithium ion ones they cost a fucking fortune but i think it's because they last they last so much longer and like you say more charge cycles and you can install them sideways and they don't spill so if you're building like a cafe racer or something you can hide it away somewhere and it doesn't really matter your orientation on the latest electric cars run off a lithium ion battery or a lithium ion variant i think tesla is, is that the the Model 3 and S and X. I thought they were lithium, yeah. Lithium. Yeah, I, think, I think they might be. Yeah. Because that's where some of the, the breakthroughs have been made. Because the early ones, the range was 80 to 100 miles, and now they're, they're pushing 250 off one charge. Why do they work different from uh, the old school battery? Because it's like a chemical process, isn't yeah, it, it's, a battery? It is, it's a chemical reaction. Um, the... the um, Right, here we go. Chemistry. Science, Chemistry. science, science. Um, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the electrochemical series. That's what it's all about. Um, I missed that one. Chem- chemical, <laughs> chemical reactions, right? So take a chemical reaction like the extraction of iron from iron ore. Oh, right. Haber okay. process. No, that's, that's different. That's, 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 that's a Shitty yeah. shit, shit. <laughs> so if you want to, the main, the main ingredient of, of the main iron containing ingredient in iron ore is iron oxide. Right. So if you want to separate the iron from iron oxide, you have to find another element that's more reactive than iron. And then to when you mix the them oxide. and heat them, you get displacement. Right. So we happen to use carbon because it's so cheap. But, but you could use sodium or magnesium or aluminium or zinc, anything that's more reactive. Um, when that reaction takes place, you get uh, what's known as a redox reaction, which is oxidation and reduction. The ions reduce because it loses the oxygen, and the element that you use to displace it is oxidized. So you have those two processes, oxidation and reduction. <laughs> and, when, and when they take place, you have, back. <laughs> you have a potential difference. Mm. and you can actually determine the potential difference of a chemical reaction if it's a redox reaction by breaking it into its oxidation and reduction segments so you can work out what the potential difference is what the voltage is you can actually predict whether a reaction will take place or not um and that's the kind of the theory behind a chemical battery that you have one part that's being oxidized and one part that's being reduced uh, rechargeable batteries work because <clears throat> when you plug them in, you apply an external potential difference which forces the process into reverse. So you go back to your original chemicals. All oh, right. That's why some batteries are, are rechargeable and some aren't. Yeah. Because in some cases it's hard to reverse the reaction or reversing the reaction might make the battery explode because it produces a gas and causes a pressure or whatever. Um, but yeah. Cool. The lithium-ion battery uses lithium and, and a cobalt oxide chemical, and it reacts them together during discharge, and then the recharge separates them out. So the, the part of the problem is the engineering, how you can get uh, come up with a way to separate the chemicals. So you have the chemicals separate, they come together, react during discharge, and then during recharge you need to be able to separate them again in a way that allows them to discharge again. Mm. Like tight. Like what? You know, that glue, where it comes in two bits and you have to mix it together. It's mm. super strong. Like compound. Uh, what's it called? Um, oh, epoxy resin. 
Mm. Yeah. Right, Redux. Not heard that since uh, since uni, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oil, oil rig. That's the acronym. Oil, oxidation is lost. Reduction is gain yeah. of electrons. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Points. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So Steve, you brought us a game and it's Top Trumps and we've not played it for how many episodes, Phil? Many. Thirty. But this well, I'm not suggesting we play it now. I mean it's it's a bit uh we used to, we used to start an episode with a game, didn't we? Yeah. But this is Top Trumps Elements, which I've never seen before. Uh, and as we all know, elements are the ones with the long noses and the trunk. Yeah, as yeah. <laughs> live in Africa. Yeah, or India. Pull logs down. North America. North American elephants. They used to in zoos, right? No, they used to. Megafauna, flora, fauna. mastodons. I beg your pardon. Mastodons, mammoths, saber-toothed tiger. There was more propsidians in North America than there is today in the world. Propsidians. 12,000, 13,000 years ago. Where did they all go? Eaten. That's Mia Space Station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't pack the trunks and say goodbye to the surface. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nelly. Oh, they were white. Well, overkill has been the dominant hypothesis. Overkill? Yeah. Humans, small bands of hunter-gatherers, yeah, wiped out, poor yeah. species of elephant, the short-faced cave bear, the woolly mm. rhino, it wiped everything out, saber-toothed tiger, mm. doesn't doesn't make sense, it's not logical, I think natural disaster, I think, terminated if, in the last ice age. What if there's a creature, a, like a massive creature that didn't have bones, right? Bear with me here, but <laughs> had like a cartilage structure. Jabba the horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So massive animal cartilage structure. It'd be pretty flat. I'm thinking like a land jellyfish or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that would decompose entirely and leave no trace. <laughs> so how would we know it existed? How can you disprove a giant land jellyfish? What if you found its iPod? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. The pod in which it holds its eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, Phil, it's all cartilage, even the iPod. <laughs> no, I mean the multimedia devices. Yes, yeah. Well, well that would give it away, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's the only thing left in the fossil record. Do you know, I've Giant watched a, a YouTube present, uh, not a presentation on YouTube by this guy called Michael Cremo. <laughs> Michael who? Sure it wasn't Pornchi. Cremo. <laughs> okay. C R E M O. Right. Italian, okay. I think. And um he released a book, I think in the early eighties, and um it's about human evidence um that's been found dating back millions of years. That has been um sort of screened out of archaeological knowledge, the knowledge filter. Has not let, never let it through, and it disproves um, Darwin, origin of the species, and all what? this. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, human jawbones, and it's found in rock layers that are four million year old. 
Stuff like that. What? Yeah, yeah. And it's all been suppressed, apparently. That's... I'll have to send you a link. It's really so, interesting. So they're saying that there's a human jawbone fossil that is potentially four million years old. Pre-Clovis. Yep. Is that... <laughs> that there is evidence of it. Could that just not mean that humans have existed in one form or another for longer than we thought? That's the idea. We're not, yeah. Because we're currently at 200,000 years. Uh, how does that disprove evolution? Um, there is a, an, a he got, he, he, there's a Q&A at the end and he gets that question and he answers it. Sensibly. Right. I can't remember what he said. Okay. Maybe oh. jawbones. There was a reason. That evolved. We were just giant land yeah. jellyfish with human that, jawbones. Yeah, I mean, because the, the idea of when, when, when humans first existed has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and mm. used to say it won't be pushed back a bit further. Um, there is some evidence that shows 50 million year old <laughs> human remains. That will put them close to town with dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the Flintstones is real. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and it might be one finding, but <laughs> there is someone else. There's like a paper written on, uh, you know, a human femur that's 200 million years old or whatever. Could it not be a problem with carbon dating? Carbon dating only goes back 100,000 years. How have they dated it? They must have used a different radioisotope. Geology. Geology? I would imagine. Mm. For the rot layers. To determine what rot layers are in. I think there must be something harder than that that they used. I'm just trying to think what carbon dating has a... Has a carbon isotope. Radioisotope. Yeah. Half-life, it's half-life some like 6,000 years, I think. So I'm just going through the mental arithmetic to... to I suppose if you went to, you dropped to a level that was below the limit of detection, that would be yeah. a problem. Mm. Yeah. That must be it. That's what I think it is. Yeah, I think it's only accurate to the, the last 100,000 years. Mm. So everything after that, I wonder what, what method they use to date things. They could use other isotopes, surely. Because it just carbon's most abundant. They, they, use, they use uranium for, for rocks. Uh, that has a half-life of... Um, uh, Four billion years, something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, so they can shit. So yeah, they use they use. See, that. people have said that that rock date. The problem is, is like people have said, why don't they use that rock dating to uh, date the pyramid? But the thing is, it only gives you the age of the rock. It doesn't give you the age of when the rock was formed. Constructed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. why dating things like ancient constructions is so difficult. Mm. Did they use mortar? Or just they have to use associated materials, don't they? So they'll find charcoal yeah. in a in that layer, so it's associated material. So mm. they'll carbon date the charcoal, because it has to be biological material. Yes, it has to be alive. Yeah. You, you, you can't carbon you date, date a rock. Yeah. yeah. And so they use that association to predict or ascertain the date of the temple. Pyramid, whatever you measuring. Yeah, you can't carbon date stone. Mm. And dating the stone doesn't tell you when it was worked. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Thing is, we don't have. What's the oldest um, human settlement? Archaeology, do you think? Norwich. <laughs> is it Quebecly Tepe? Uh, in Turkey, right? Clovis, the pre-Clovis sites. Do you mean the the, the oldest known human archaeological, archaeological site? Dis- yeah, Denisovian caves. 
Oh, I don't, I don't think they went back that far. Oh, I'm not sure. Are they sooner? Well, I was, I was going to say, what about sort of like the Middle East, the Fertile Crescent and all that? That is that yeah. one of the earliest ones. Be Mesopotamia. Egypt. Well, what about like Antarctica? <laughs> I'm just thinking it was probably a lot warmer. Is that the one that is the ice? Is that the ice wall? Yeah. Is that the one that exists? I not backwards and... Was it? Hmm. Antarctica. Was there a time in the past where Antarctica and or the Arctic in Antarctic Circle was more habitable? Mm. And would there be something under the permafrost? Obviously, you can only check it the the diameter of a, an ice core mm. in any one place, well, unless Greenland. you're plunging through a human femur that's two hundred million years old. There was a European team did a big survey in Greenland using ice cores mm. to try and predict the climate. How it was, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago. What did they find? Um, well, it, it correlates with things like the Roman uh, warm period. So it was a warm period that coincided with the rise of the Roman Empire. They call that the Roman warm period. We get the... Um, Medieval warm period, mm. which was the, like the uh, cathedral building era. Yeah. Warm climate leads to surplus in agriculture, mm. leads to more skills. More, yeah, more productive. Better people. immune systems. Mm. Um, and then we have um, where it's gone the other way, like the Little Ice Age, which was broken into two. So when the Thames froze over. Darwin, yeah. The, yeah, Thames froze over every other year. Mm. And and one point, maybe for 10 years on, on a bounce, it was a lot colder. Think of like Charles Dickens and Scrooge and yeah. that sort of era. Mm. It's always snowing. This is why it's a trope today that we always have snow associated with Christmas. Yeah. Well, then that's because when credit, not credit cards, uh, <laughs> Christmas cards were invented, it's about this era where it was always it snowing. Was colder. Yeah, Victorian yeah. era. That was part of the mini Ice Age. The Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. So Dark Ages, is a, I'm pretty sure there's a temperature drop. So harvests fail. Um, diet leads to immune system. Winter is coming. We're uh, becoming weakened and then you're susceptible. Then Justinian Plague happens and wipes out a third of the population of Europe or whatever. How long were the Dark Ages? Uh, from what would you say, nine hundred to thirteen hundred? I'm not sure. It's a period of history I'm not really familiar with. You're going sort of from the Dark Ages to the medieval period. I would say. I would Fair say sort of nine hundred to nine hundred to thirteen hundred. I would guess. I'm not a historian. Does it? Does it go? Yeah, I don't actually know. But I'm just wondering if it goes back to when the Romans left. Is that was that officially when it began? I feel like. That could be the case as well. Um, I, the thing they is, push off in 450 AD, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, but was that not just a, a more of a social collapse rather than? Mm. I don't know. Things went into disrepair, didn't they? And it, yeah, and it was history lo- wasn't recorded in the same. It way. was more local to us here in England, I would say. Mm. Because, I mean, the Eastern Empire carried on for hundreds of years, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, 15th century, wasn't it? Yeah. The fall of the Holy Roman Empire. 
Yeah, to uh, the Turks. Yeah. The Ottoman Turks. That's why it's called um, Istanbul, isn't it, yeah. today? Because it was... Constantinople. Constantinople. Mm-hmm. And before that it was... Uh, Byzantium. Byzantium, yeah. I feel a song coming on. Yeah. There might be giants. Constantinople, not Istanbul. Istanbul, not It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Yeah. It's if you have a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. Mm. So take me You'll back to Constantinople. You, you can know you can't go back to Constantinople, etc., etc. It's a cool song. You you will you'll know it. You'll recognise it straight away. Yeah. Cracky. Particle man. Still cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the it's probably the second most influential city, isn't it? Mm. In Europe. In that period. Meeting of East and West. Yeah. What do they call the um the the, the pass Bos- the Bosphorus. Bosphorus, that's mm. it. Into the Black Sea, is it? Yeah. Bosphorus. Yeah. I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. It was it's been a strategic point. For thousands of years, hasn't it? Yeah, meeting of East and West. Mm. I need to. Um, I've need to pick a new book. Okay. I finished a book this week, so I need to pick another one. I'm reading the Fall of Gondolin at the moment. Who's that? J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh. Is this based on the Lord, same world as Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, Middle Earth. Right. The... New, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's. I mean, it's a. It's a series of writings. Obviously, it's um, been edited by someone else since since uh, J.R.R.'s death. It's his son, Christopher Tolkien. He's done a lot of editing of uh-huh. stuff. Uh, but Chris is like 95 years old now or something, and he reckons that this is the last one he'll edit. Um, I'm not, I've not really got into it yet. I've just read the forward and right. start reading that. I don't. I think there's a few vari- versions of it in the novel, so it's not not going to be a full full story. I don't think. So did he actually finish it? Did he die when he was writing it? I think he died when he was writing it. Right. There's loads of like bits of manuscript that have been picked up. Like the Silmarillion was was published after his death. The what? The Silmarillion. That's like a name. massive book. It's almost like a guidebook to the Middle Earth, and it goes through all the the languages and various um, records of wars and things. Interesting. There was talk of making a film out of that, but I'm not sure that it'd fly very well a, a Silmarillion film. I'd. I had no idea Tolkien and <coughs> <coughs> I had no idea Tolkien had written anything other than The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. There's tons of stuff in Middle Earth. I'm not sure he wrote much outside of Middle Earth. But right. he created this universe and mm-hmm. stayed within the within the boundaries. Wasn't this area part of his inspiration? Yeah. The Stonehurst around there, The Ribble yeah. Valley. Yeah. It is nice, Misty isn't mountains. it? It's just middle Earth. You see, you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have filmed those films in New Zealand. The Shire. You should have filmed <laughs> yeah. them right here, shouldn't they? Should have done, yeah. Ribchester. Would have been closer to truth, yeah. Again, Historically, yeah. a Roman place as well, Ribchester. <laughs> yeah, I sent you a photo from... Um, oh, yeah, what was that? Here? That was a, a nuclear... There's a... Um, quite near to, to where we are, there's a... 
an old Royal Ordnance uh, nuclear monitoring station. It's a, it's on top of a hill to climb up it to to get there, and it's like a bunker. They've they've sealed it off with concrete, but there's a bunker, and it, it's got a little uh, plaque on the top that shows you a diagram of what it looks like underneath the concrete. Mm. And there's bunks, and there's a radio, and there's these like there's a few protuberances <laughs> from the ground, uh, like iron uh, columns and stuff. Uh, that have these pressure plates on top, and they're they're a nuclear bomb power indicator battle plates. They're called, and if one goes off, that picks up the the shock wave. Even even if it's like miles and miles away, it picks mm. up the shock wave, and that tied in with um, readings from others. I think there's fifteen hundred across the UK. Tells you how powerful the bomb blast was. This right. was all in the Cold War. Like. Yeah. You can triangulate the position as well. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they know exactly where it landed and how powerful yeah. it was. And then they can determine casualties, like the casualties, oh, and yeah. put, a, put a plan forward. When was it decommissioned? Um, they still used it for training, I think, up to the, the 80s, the mid-80s. God. But it used to be a Roman a Roman um, outlook. Britannicum? Was it? No, it wasn't Britannicum. Can't remember. But yeah. Dunium. It's yeah. Ir- ironic that it used to be like a Roman outpost for, you know, for watching out. Well, that's it. Exactly. Over the hill. And then it then it happened then it again. Became a nuclear weapon out- outpost. And now there's a trig point and a little um, thing like on top of Beacon Fell where it points out where where towns and stuff are. So it's still still look out today yeah. for water. use signalling towers like Lord of the Rings. There's a beacon there as well. There's a beacon that they they lit. I think they last lit it at the Millennium. Um, when they were lighting beacons around the country, but there's a, there's a a thing that you can fill with no flammable way. stuff and and send messages. <laughs> Old yeah. school, yeah, it's pretty cool. But you can see Ribchester from that from this outpost, so it was used as a like you say back in AD seventy nine or whatever. It was. Yeah, hey, very good. <laughs> probably not far <laughs> off was, that. Uh, <laughs> Adrian, to, yeah, they've been Trajan probably. Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> 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 So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I had wonder up there on my morning constitutional. If you could go into any book, just as like an uh, an observer or like Good Night Sweetheart, what yeah. book would you go into? <sighs> wow, On the Road, Jack Kerouac. <laughs> All right, what's that about? It's, it's just a road trip across America, and he's doing all. Is it fiction? Drugs and or yeah, non-fiction? yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, again, that's contentious. It's, it's fictionalized, I think, but I think that there were definitely there was definitely a journey, and there was him and Will Burroughs and mm-hmm. uh, what's the other nice call? What time period is this? Seventies, nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Or uh, where else would I go? That that'd be interesting, I think, but but. I'm not sure I'd enjoy it. <laughs> um, mm. so I'd probably go to Middle Earth. <laughs> but you, Steve. Good question. That I can't. I can't think of one at the minute. There are lots of books that I've enjoyed, and there are authors who are very good at making you feel like you're there, experiencing it. A train spotting. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read Train Spotting. Well, maybe I should. Me neither. Uh, I can't. I can't yeah, you have to come back to me. You have to come up with one. How about um, the Iliad? 
Homer. That that would be a fascinating thing to observe happening and unfolding here. It's a, well, how, how about the Bible? Hey, it's not a myth anymore either, you know. Right. They found Troy. Ah. They on found mainland, Troy. mainland Greece? Turkey. Anatolia. Turkey. Sorry, yeah, Turkey. Yeah, they they have found the archaeological site of Troy. Right. Ilium. Uh, it could be. Yeah, because yeah. Iliad, the, the, the Latin name for the, the place we questioned was Ilium. Right. That's where we, why it's known as the Iliad. Yeah, that'd be a good period go, to go back to the Bronze Age, the late Bronze Age. Mm. The, or the building of the pyramids, I'm sure that'd be your... Is there a book about that? There must be. What a about... Fictional book. Um, Stargate. <laughs> Asimov. 2001, or... Oh, sorry, clap, but... Uh, what did he write? Uh, some far future sci-fi. Would you not want to go into... into I can't think of any... Um. I just it's just made me think of um, the series of computer games Mist. A little bit of a segue here. You're familiar with the the Mist series? Yeah, Myst. Myst, and that no. was based upon the technology of a linking book, where the the idea being there are so many universes and parallel universes that you can write a book describing that place, and it has a panel on it, and you touch the panel and you go to that place. Wow. What's, what's it called? Mist. M-I-S-T. No, the book. The book's known as a linking book. So you, you, LinkedIn. You, you, you LinkedIn. <laughs> well, of course, what you have to do is take a linking book back to your own world. Otherwise, you get stuck there. Right. Was there a sequel to Mist? Was it yeah, Riven? there were five of them. Mist. There were five games of the main wow. series. Yeah, I played them all. They were really immersive when you got into them. A lot of problem solving. I was just trying to think what was the last game I played that got me that immersed to where you spent Destiny hours. Too, <laughs> no, because it's it's no. I mean, really hardcore. Like you can't th- when you're at school. All all the thing that, the only thing you can think about is getting home to play Premier oh. Manager Two again. Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> the latest one. <laughs> right. The latest one. Was that addictive? Yeah. Immersive? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid probably really was. Yeah. I can't think what the last one was that did that to me. Train, uh, transport tycoon. <laughs> it's these rolling game games roll on now. Like when we first started playing computer games, you completed it. Yeah. Whereas now there is no completion. It's you're just a continuous player. Yeah. In a cycle almost, aren't you're you? Getting to, we didn't have the multiplayer universes. <sighs> yeah. Game that's changing. Things up, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, playing other people rather than just playing the kids, the seat, the, the playing the computer, don't they? Playing the bot, is it? PVE. NPCs, is it? NPCs, non playable non-play- characters. Non playable yeah. characters. <laughs> yeah. I quite, uh, for a time, I got into Elite, the newest one. Oh, Elite a new Dangerous. one? There's a new one out, Elite Dangerous. Wow. On, yeah, PS4 and Xbox. Oh and, man! And it, and it is, it is like it's probably just ruined my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get kicked out of the house you, now. You do. I tell you what. You, you, I, I liked it and I got into it. And but it's a bit like the computer game where you get so far, and you realise to get any further, it's gonna take ages, and then you just think, oh, I can't really be bothered now. Yeah. See, it's it's fun for a while. It's still a trading space trading yeah, game. Yeah, trading or piracy or, piracy or mining. Yeah. Except it's. Um, 
it's really it's immense and there's a kind of a mythology building around it mm, right. uh you know about uh, where some of this technology came from and that kind of thing you do know. you think we'd be playing minecraft if we were <laughs> 25 years younger that's probably, the big probably. thing isn't it minecraft yeah. and fortnite are, are dominating totally into it probably yeah I think one of the ones that I lost a lot of time to was Civilization. I don't know if you played the Civilization, yeah, Civilization series. Yeah. Age of Empires was a bit like that as well. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and you could spend hours just on one match. Yeah. If it was... Uh... Yeah, that's... Maybe Grand Theft Auto. Was oh, one. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Vice City. Yeah. I thought, I thought Grand Theft Auto 5 wasn't as good as Grand Theft Auto 4. Never, never played I, it. Never played either of them. Grand <coughs> Theft Auto 4 is very good. Three, but I found the fifth one, it just didn't quite, mm. you know, yeah, it's got a bit bored of it. I used to like modding games. I used to mod Quake and you get different texture maps that you could put on. And you, okay. You play well, you used like to do Simpsons that. Quake and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. That's quite interesting. It is amazing when you think about how far we've come since the like, ZX Spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time. Jet set, yeah. Willie. Yeah. Wait five minutes for your game to load. 48k. At least. Put a, tape, yeah. put a cassette tape in. Mm. Yeah. Didn't you used to do programming on that? Mm, nothing too advanced. <laughs> I could program music. That was the thing that I quite liked. Program tunes. It was actually, it was actually really easy. On the one to eight k, wasn't it just more laborious? It's just copying code, aren't you? It, it, it's a different it, type of code, isn't it? Yeah. It's you, C colon backslash. No, no. It was terrible. DOS in it. I remember the language. It was it was let a dollar sign equal, and then you could put the notes in, and um, you could change the scale. So you could put in lowercase, uppercase C. You could change the scale. That would build you a put, harmony. Yeah, yeah. You could, you could, you could write lines parallel. So you could let B dollar sign equal a different line, and C dollar sign equal a third line. And the last command was play A dollar sign comma B dollar sign comma C dollar sign. It played them all simultaneously. So I had music books of different things. So I, I'd, I'd kind of like write the line for each <laughs> so piece of spectrum play. <laughs> I used to play the trumpet. I had uh, music of like uh, I think I had it playing Silent Night and things like that. You know, hymns. Yeah, that was that was the limit of my. That was as far as I could go. Nothing oh. more sophisticated than that. That's probably the limit of technology at the time. And you can go on a list. <laughs> <laughs> but I never learned proper programming language. Basic. It was basic programming basic. language. Learned to code. Yeah. Hashtag. That's another hash cut at the that's, moment. That's the future, isn't it? I don't know. Will they not just get computers to do that? Computers to call computers, eh? <laughs> yeah. Da dun dun da dun. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. New Terminator film as well. New Terminator film. Yeah. With Linda Hamilton. Yes. Oh, uh, right. Sarah yeah. Connor. And, I don't uh, know. I don't know how I feel about this. Ah, it'll be all right. It's going to be better than you know not watching a film. I didn't see the last one with uh, Amelia Clark in. I never it saw wasn't that. Genesis. It wasn't so. that bad actually. It was. It it was okay. <laughs> the problem is, is why is why is this Terminator getting older and fatter in every film? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, again, it's supposed they, to be a fucking cyborg. They explained yeah. that. He, he, oh, did it? Yeah, you they, need to suspend disbelief. <laughs> they, for yeah, a couple of it hours. was like the biological aspects. 
you know, they, they hadn't been maintained in so put, long. Put like on that. a bit yeah. of timber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he aged. It's his biological components aged. Yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. I know. No. I, it wasn't very plausible, no. but I thought, well, at least I'm you at least they tried. That. At least they tried to come up with something. Yeah. The yeah. wizard did it. <laughs> it yeah, it, it was... Uh, not what I heard. <laughs> You can't take it too seriously, obviously, but it was it was amusing in a funny, you know, that kind of. See, I think you could take the second one seriously and the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were pretty serious. They're serious, serious yeah, sci-fi films. Second one in particular. Yeah, it's quite. Boy. I remember you doing a project on it and for your English was it your English GCSE? I, did. I wrote um, an essay for my English literature. Yeah. We were actually Mr. Wormsley. That is the task. Oh, he was ace. Yeah, something along the lines of you know, is it just a, another blockbuster movie or is there a deeper meaning to it so yeah i wrote a lengthy essay on it was more I, of a, analyzed the film quite it's more of a like media that. studies than english yeah, yeah. yeah julian was it the media studies mm. tutor, yeah I, I didn't learn anything in media studies no i didn't it was dicking about <laughs> fair enough <sighs> Oh, we're on two hours. Are we? Right. Wow. All yeah. oh, right, we better go then. early tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow early? I'm, that bike I bought is nearly ready for the <laughs> road. Right. Nearly ready. So I'm going to get it finished. going to finish it off tomorrow. I want it to come on it tonight. but Just in time for summer? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, then. We better go then. It's late. It's getting late. Thanks for listening, eavesdroppers. Um, will we do any shout outs? No. Who do we know? <laughs> All the people we know. Okay. <laughs> See you next week. Bye bye.